your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 360 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And as we talked about in yesterday's episode, something that I definitely want to do today is to talk a little bit more about John Davidson. He, of course, was fired by the Rangers as of yesterday. He's back with the Columbus Blue Jackets as their team president, the same role that he held with the Rangers and the same role that he previously held with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He gets a five-year contract from the Jackets, so we're going to talk about that in just a second. And the other thing I wanted to get into today, we mentioned this in yesterday's episode as well, I'm going to start looking at the list of impending free agents on the New York Rangers. We know that there's one less now that the Rangers re-signed Ryan Lindgren to a three-year deal. I think that's a great contract for both sides. He was a restricted free agent, so very, very likely very, very, very likely that he would have been back with the Rangers anyway, but it was nice that they got that deal done uh, very quickly and seemingly very painlessly as well. But we're going to dive into the list of free agents. We'll start with that today. We're not going to get to every single one of them. Uh, we'll kind of space it out through the episodes as we go along here through the offseason. It's a long offseason. Obviously, uh, we wish the Rangers were playing some playoff hockey right now, but there's plenty we can talk about, including the uh, list of free agents, both unrestricted and restricted. And we will do that later in today's episode. But for starters, like I said, let's go ahead and talk with JD here back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is what Davidson had to say uh, regarding his firing by the New York Rangers when he was asked about it. It was disappointing. I think I have every right to say that. I will say that Dolan and I had some conversations. I want to be as respectful as I can. I don't want to go into private discussions between Mr. Dolan and myself. All I can say is that changes were made. I'm very, very happy to be in Columbus. And yeah, I mean, I, I think most Ranger fans are pretty happy for him. I don't want to say every single Ranger fan, but I, I mentioned this would have happened. When this initially went down and we were all kind of blindsided by the news that both John Davidson and Jeff Gorton were being fired, I think it took a lot of us by surprise. And you guys know how it is on social media. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. And of course, Ranger fans, we tend to be a very uh, passionate fan base, and we tend to make our voices heard on certain matters, you would have had to look pretty long and pretty hard to find anybody who was happy about John Davidson and even Jeff Gorton being fired. I think David Quinn, maybe the fan base is a little bit more split, but with JD and Jeff Gorton, I think most people wanted them to stick around and continue to do the work that they've been doing. But of course, that wasn't meant to be. And now John Davidson lands on his feet once again, less than two weeks later, back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And something else to keep in mind here is that Columbus, you know, the Rangers aren't the only team in the NHL looking for a new head coach this offseason. Columbus is another one. They obviously parted ways with John Tortorella in the offseason. They kind of framed it as a quote-unquote mutual parting. I think usually when teams do that, it's basically a firing that's kind of worded to sound a little bit nicer because given the season that John Tortorella just had with this team, uh, the fact that they finished in last place, and he obviously clashed with Pierre-Luc Dubois and even Patrick Lane to a lesser extent after that trade was made. Uh, I don't think John Tortorella was coming back to the Columbus Blue Jackets after the season that they just had, but whatever, you know, they, they call it a mutual parting, 
And now the Blue Jackets have a vacancy at head coach. And it's already been speculated that it's at least possible that John Davidson might look to bring in David Quinn to be the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think that would be great if it happened. I mean, I think David Quinn, uh, just like Gorton and JD, should have at least gotten at least one more season here with the Rangers. If we got to the end of next year and the Rangers have regressed and there's players struggling and they're nowhere near the playoff picture, then I think we could have had that conversation. To me, all three of these individuals, Gorton, JD, and David Quinn were fired at least a year too early. But... Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to see, uh, you know, David Quinn and JD reunite with the Columbus Blue Jackets. The other issue here is that the Blue Jackets, they're not just going to talk to David Quinn. I mean, they're going to be looking at a lot of the coaching candidates that the Rangers are looking at. You got to believe they're going to give Gerard Gallant a call. He seems to be uh, the most coveted or at least among the most coveted head coach that's available this offseason, whether it's the Rangers, whether it's the Blue Jackets, whether it's any team in hockey. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, uh, we hope. I mean, for me, Gerard Gallant's the guy. Some of you guys might feel differently. Uh, you know, maybe you're a Bob Hartley guy. Maybe you want to give Rick Tockett a chance. Maybe you want Torres to come back. Maybe you like Boudreaux or Babcock or Claude Julian, whatever it might be. But for me, Gallant is my top choice, and it seems like the Rangers could end up facing uh, at least a little bit of competition from the Blue Jackets there. We'll talk about that as the days and weeks progress here. But I also just wanted to read JD's farewell letter. This was actually, he sent this out uh, a while back after he was fired, but this is the letter that he sent out to Ranger fans after the firing. It has been an honor and pleasure serving as president of the New York Rangers the past two years. I am very proud of the work we have done and believe this team's future is very bright. I want to thank all the great people in the organization for their tireless and passionate work day in and day out. I first came to New York as a 22-year-old, and it has been in my blood ever since. The energy and vibrance of the city will always be something I cherish. Most of all, I want to thank you, the fans. You welcomed my wife, Diana, and me with open arms, and I want to express our sincerest and most heartfelt gratitude for the tremendous love and support you've always shown us. All the best, JD. And yeah, I mean, what else would you really expect? You know, the guy's been a class act all the way. And I realize, you know, we have a very diverse group that listens to this podcast. We've got people from all different backgrounds and different ages. And so depending on how old you are, your first exposure to John Davidson as a member of the New York Ranger family probably came at a different era. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, there might be people who aren't even aware of this, but John Davidson, you know, some of our younger listeners anyway, John Davidson, though, was a goalie for the Rangers back in the 70s and into the early 80s, and he was a big, big part of the New York Ranger team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 1978-1979. He was outstanding in the playoffs that year, posted a record of 11-7, and had a goals against average of 228, and a save percentage of 922, and also one shutout. The Rangers, like we said, they made it to the finals. They were massive underdogs against the Montreal Canadiens, who were nearly unbeatable back then. I mean, they almost literally had an entire roster made up of Hall of Famers. That I'm exaggerating a little bit to make the point, but you get the idea. Just a phenomenal hockey team. He did what they could. The Rangers got as far as they could go, but unfortunately, they lost the Canadians in five games in the Stanley Cup final that season. But yeah, I mean, class act as a player. And then my first exposure to him, and I'm 34 now, so that'll kind of give you an idea of you know when I first started getting into hockey. But my first exposure to JD was as a color analyst. He was, of course, Sam Rosen's partner for many, many years. And he he and Sam had the call for, you know, obviously many seasons, but most specifically and most notably, 
the 1993-1994 season where the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup Finals and won the Cup to finally break the 54-year curse. And, I mean, man, he's he was so good. I mean, it's, for my money, he was one of the best color analysts in sports when he was in that role. And him and Sam, they have their fair share of pretty iconic calls uh, during that run through the Stanley Cup playoffs that season, most specifically against the Devils and then also against the Canucks in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, he just made it fun. That's what I could say more than anything with him as an announcer. Anytime something big happened, usually after a Ranger goal, you'd get the, oh, baby call that he would do. So that was a lot of fun. And him and Sam just had impeccable chemistry. Uh, one of the best duos when it comes to announcing that I've really seen in my lifetime. I would go so far as to say that. And then, of course... He moves on. He begins his executive career in 2006, becoming the president of the St. Louis Blues. The Blues were actually the team that drafted him. They drafted him number five overall back in 1973, but he left St. Louis as an executive, as the team president, after agreeing to a buyout of his contract in 2012. He then became president of the Blue Jackets in 2012 and resigned from his position in 2019 and, of course, spent the last two seasons as president of the New York Rangers. And now he's back with Columbus. And, again, all the best to John Davidson. I wish him nothing but success, except, of course, when the Blue Jackets are playing the Rangers. The Rangers can go ahead and win those games. But, yeah, like I said, class act all the way. Wish he would have at least gotten one more season here with the New York Rangers. Alas, it's not meant to be. But, yes, all the best to John Davidson going forward. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so as promised, wanted to spend a good chunk of today's episode beginning to dive into the list of impending New York Ranger free agents. And one of the nice things about this offseason is that as far as unrestricted free agents, the Rangers only have two. And we're going to start with this guy, Brennan Smith. And case could definitely be made both ways, whether the Rangers should look to bring him back, whether they should just let him walk in free agency. He spent the last four and a half seasons with the New York Rangers. This past season, skated in 48 games, tied a career high with five goals, and also had five assists. He averaged 16 minutes and 26 seconds of ice time with the Rangers this past season. That is more average ice time than he had gotten either of the last two seasons with the Rangers, although last year, of course, uh, he played some wing on the fourth line for the Rangers, and that obviously results in ice time decreasing. But be that as it may, nice to see Brandon Smith uh, getting a little bit more time on the ice and kind of getting rewarded from some pretty strong play down the stretch this season. Additionally, this past year, 58 shots on goal. He was a plus three overall, dished out 84 hits, and also blocked 41 shots. As far as just a general overview of Brandon Smith, I mean, look, he's, he is what he is. He's a hard-nosed player. I feel like toward the end of the season, he really kind of embraced uh, that big brother role that he had. We had a lineup near the end of the year where Brennan Smith 
had played about double as many career NHL regular season hockey games as the other five defensemen that were in the lineup uh, had combined. Uh, of course, by then, guys like Jacob Truba and Jack Johnson were not in the lineup. Those guys have obviously played a good amount of NHL hockey games, but that's just crazy to think about. Brennan Smith, again, near the end of the year, some of the lineups that the Rangers were throwing out there, he had played in more than double the amount of hockey games that the other five guys combined. That really is kind of wild. He was kind of in and out of the lineup this year, Brandon Smith was, and he never seemed to really have any issues with it. He never spoke out against it. He was seemingly ready when his number was called, did whatever this team asked him. That's another thing. I mean, I kind of just glossed over it a second ago, but last season, of course, he was willingly able to switch positions from defenseman to wing, and I don't know how many guys in the NHL, I mean, on one hand, maybe it's self-preservation, maybe Brandon Smith wants to stay in the lineup and he'll do whatever it takes to accomplish that, but I don't know how many guys in the NHL would be that willing that late in their career to just basically change positions on a whim, but Brandon Smith did it, and then, of course, the Rangers traded Brady Shea last season, and Smith was able to move back to his natural position at defenseman. But, you know, there's all this talk going into this offseason about how the Rangers, you know, they might be looking to bring in a veteran defenseman. And I'll say what I've said all along regarding this. Don't overthink this situation. You've got a pretty solid veteran defenseman right here. Now, of course, it is possible that the Rangers would like to target a veteran defenseman who is quite simply a better player than Brandon Smith, just a better all-around player. And sooner or later here on Locked on Rangers, we're definitely going to look around the league at other impending free agents and just kind of see who might be available. And obviously, we'll include veteran defensemen in our search. But if you're the Rangers and you're looking to bring in a veteran defenseman who's just kind of on par with Brandon Smith, kind of the same skill set, somebody who all-around game is about as good as Brandon Smith, then why bother doing it at all? Just bring back Brandon Smith. Don't overcomplicate things. By all accounts, Brandon Smith, very well-liked very well respected in the locker room. Clearly, the Rangers do lack experience at defenseman, as we just talked about with that crazy stat at the end of the season. I mean, they do have Jacob Truba. Truba is sort of approaching veteran status, I suppose you could say. He's getting toward his late 20s. And the Rangers also have some young defensemen who look wise beyond their years. I mean, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, Ryan Lindgren, take your pick. But something I've always said on here, because we, we talked about how the Rangers, they're in a rebuild and you know they want to go young. They want to have, obviously, a youthful team. It's okay to have two or three players on your roster who are 30 years old or older. And, you know, maybe Brandon Smith could be and should be one of those guys next season. It's at least possible, and I think it's uh, an avenue the Rangers should at least consider going down. But it's funny because, you know, Brandon Smith, he came over from the Detroit Red Wings to the Rangers back in the middle of the 2016-2017 season. He was a trade deadline acquisition by the Rangers at that time. The Rangers, I mean, that season, I suppose you could kind of call them moderate buyers at the deadline. That's the last time that the Rangers were actually buyers. That season turned out to be the last one that the Rangers made the playoffs all the way up to current day. Obviously, that's not counting the crazy 24-team playoff tournament that we had this past season. But Smith was acquired from Detroit in exchange for a second-round pick and a third-round pick. At the time, I thought it seemed a little bit steep, but I also understood the move because the Rangers were gearing up for what they hoped would be a playoff run, and of course, they ended up losing in the second round that season. But they wanted to solidify their blue line, so it was at least understandable. Maybe it was a little bit of a reach for somebody like Brennan Smith, but you know what? Do what you got to do to make your team a little bit better going into the playoffs and a little bit tougher and a little bit more physical. We always talk about how important that is, especially come playoff time. And then in that offseason, you know, the Rangers, like I said, they were eliminated in the second round by the Ottawa Senators that season, but they end up signing Brennan Smith to a four-year, $17.4 million contract extension. I wasn't really feeling this. I kind of thought that Smith, when the Rangers picked him up, would kind of just be a rental. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past as well, but that seemed like a lot 
for a solid but not great defenseman in Brennan Smith. And to me, the timing was all wrong, too, because less than a year after this contract extension was given to Brennan Smith is when the Rangers sent out the letter about the need and the desire to rebuild this team. And the letter basically said, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but it was basically like, all right, listen, uh, things aren't going the way we want. We're going to have to tear this team down. We're going to have to trade away some of these players that you know and love, but hang in there. It's going to be better. We're going to look to rebuild from scratch and put together a Stanley Cup championship contender. And that's fine. I was kind of on board with it when it happened. I mean, I knew it was going to be painful because we we're going to have to say goodbye to people like Matt Zuccarello and Rick Nash and JT Miller and Ryan McDonough and Dan Girardi, on and on and on. You guys know what happened. But the issue that I had with that was just like, okay, so then why did we just sign Brennan Smith? Why did we just give him all these years and all this money just a couple of months ago if we were going to rebuild or announce the start of a rebuild just a few months later? So that was kind of strange. But overall, you know, I think Smith has done okay. Maybe he hasn't quite lived up to the contract, but he is somebody, as we've seen, as we saw with Tom Wilson in this situation, he's going to go out there, he's going to protect his teammates, and uh, he's going to play physical hockey, and he'll do whatever he's asked. Like we said, he was in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch. He had to change positions last year. A very selfless player. Somebody who's become a pretty likable player and somebody who, one of the few uh, true grizzled veterans in the Ranger locker room. So, you know, just like any other player when it comes to free agency, a lot of this is going to come down to dollars and years. What will it take to bring Brandon Smith back next year? I'm totally on board with re-signing him on a one-year deal. I certainly don't think he will or even should get the $4.35 million that he's been getting from the Rangers in all of the past four seasons. But if he wants to come back on a fairly team-friendly one-year deal, then, hey, make it happen. Now, where this could get complicated is, and you guys can let me know what you think about this, is Brennan Smith worthy of a two-year deal, maybe even a three-year deal? Is there any team out there that will end up giving him a two-year deal or a three-year deal. And if that ends up being the case and the Rangers don't want to go beyond one year, then we might very well be saying goodbye to Brennan Smith because, you know, we've talked about how this is a business and a lot of these guys, they are going to go to the highest bidder. That's just kind of the way that it works. And, you know, you might think like, oh, well, they're making millions of dollars. It's like, yeah, they are, but... You know, hockey players don't get paid as handsomely as, say, baseball players do, as handsomely as even basketball players or football players do. So, you know, if there's if the Rangers want to offer Brandon Smith, I don't know, let's say one year, two and a half million. Let's just throw that out there as a as a estimate. And then there's another team that wants to give Brandon Smith two and a half million dollars per year, but they're going to give him a two year contract. Now he's got five million dollars coming to him instead of two and a half. So, you can understand where guys end up do wanting to end up signing with the highest bidder. So it's going to be a fascinating situation to track. As far as him getting in the way of, of young defensemen, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, like we've seen, the Rangers could make Brandon Smith a healthy scratch on certain nights. And these defensemen, exciting though they might be, I mean, they only got to play a handful of games this past season. Guys like Zach Jones. Jones had, I believe, 10 games. Tarmo Reunion, I think, was out there for four games. So they're coming along. But once again, I don't think it would do any harm for the Rangers to bring back uh, a veteran in Brennan Smith if you can do it on a one-year deal and something that is at least somewhat team-friendly. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, betonline.ag. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into the only other Ranger unrestricted free agent going into this offseason. We're going to do that in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to kind of explain the difference between unrestricted free agent and restricted free agent. Bottom line is restricted free agency is much, much more complicated than unrestricted free agency. When you're an unrestricted free agent, you are just that. You're completely unrestricted. You can do whatever you want. The season ends. Your contract's up. You're a free man. You can sign with any team you'd like. Of course, some unrestricted free agents do end up remaining with the team that they were with this past season, but they very well could be on their way to another team as well. Restricted free agency is quite a bit different. There's a lot of layers to it, and it's one of those things, you know, I feel like I understand it, but every season, I'll be honest, I got to sit down and review the whole thing all over again. Bottom line, to make a really long story really short, and again, we will cover this in greater detail. I will go over some of the finer points of restricted free agency in a future episode when we start talking about some of the Ranger restricted free agents, but to make a long story very, very short, If you're the Rangers or any team in hockey and you're looking to hold on to one of your restricted free agents, you have a very, 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 very good chance of doing so. There aren't really a lot of paths that a restricted free agent can go down to try to force his way off of your team. And again, I will explain that in greater detail in a future episode. But for the rest of today, we're going to get into the last remaining New York Ranger unrestricted free agent, and that is Jack Johnson. But before I do that, I just want to read a list of all 17 of the Rangers impending free agents. Now, don't get nervous because that number includes guys from the minor leagues as well. And if you look at the list of free agents from around the league, 17 is actually kind of a smaller number as far as uh, comparing the Rangers to some other teams on this list. But just to run through the entire list here, obviously, we already covered Brennan Smith. He's unrestricted. We're about to cover Jack Johnson. He's also unrestricted. But as far as restricted free agents on the Rangers and also the Wolfpack as well, you've got Igor Shesterkin, Pavel Buchnevich, Philip Hedl, Igor Rykov, Adam Huska, Julian Gauthier, Brett Howden, Libor Hayek, Patrick Newell, Ty Ronning, Tim Gettinger, Brandon Crowley, Philip DiGiuseppe, Darren Radish, and Gabrielle Fontaine. And so, like I said, uh, we will get to the restricted free agents, and I will better explain restricted free agency in a future episode. But right now, let's just hone in on the last unrestricted free agent for the Rangers. That is Jack Johnson. And like I said, I want to kind of go through this list slowly. I don't want to just fly through all 15 names. I want to give each of these guys a uh, fair trial, quote-unquote, talk about, you know, could the Rangers bring them back? Should they bring them back? What kind of contract could they get from the Rangers? What kind of contract could they get from another team? Is a certain restricted free agent somebody that the Rangers could look to trade? All that good stuff. But yes, let's go ahead, dive into the Jack Johnson situation. So he obviously came over and everybody loved it, right? We were all thrilled to have Jack Johnson signed to a one-year contract this offseason. Yeah, no, that's not really what happened. But, you know, he ends up signing the one-year, $1.15 million contract with the Rangers. He only ends up playing in 13 games with the Rangers. He was kind of in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch before suffering a season-ending sports hernia. He has since undergone surgery and... Like we said, all this happened after he signed a one-year, $1.15 million deal with the Rangers that we were all just so excited about. Um, Here's the thing with Johnson. I mean, I'm with a lot of you guys. I know a lot of Ranger fans were really upset with this. Why would we bring in Jack Johnson? This guy's no good. He can't play anymore, et cetera, et cetera. To me, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I mean, there were other veteran defensemen that I probably would have liked to have brought in to the Rangers before Jack Johnson. But you got to remember, 
It was a one-year deal. It's not like the Rangers were pinning all of their hopes and dreams to Jack Johnson. He was going to sign a one-year contract, coming here to be a physical, big-body defenseman, and I think for the most part, he did that. Now, his first couple games with the Rangers were really, really shaky to the point that I was kind of distracted by Jack Johnson every time he was on the ice because he was just really struggling to keep up with the play, and I just couldn't help but watch him and just try to, you know, will him to not be a liability out there, basically. But I do think he ended up playing a little bit better for the Rangers as time went on. Again, it wasn't the biggest sample size. It was only 13 games. But, you know, he he can still be physical, and he can still move guys out of the crease if you need him to do that. I think where Johnson really struggles, I don't think he was ever really that fast to begin with, and now he's just slow. I mean, let's just call it like it is. And I think there's times where he really kind of just struggles to keep up with some of the faster players or just players in general in the NHL, especially now that he's getting older. He is now 34 years old. But in his 13 games with the Rangers, one goal, no assists, a minus five, an average of 16 minutes and 58 seconds of ice time per night, 30 hits and 15 blocked shots. And something else to note here, like I said, I do think Johnson... Short tenure, though, it might have been, did play a little bit better uh, in the second half of his Ranger tenure as he did in the first half of it. And I think, you know, as the season went on, had he stayed healthy, it's very, very likely that the Rangers would have looked to trade him at the deadline because by then, you know, maybe the Rangers feel a little bit more comfortable moving on to guys like Libor Hayek. I mean, he ended up playing a good chunk of the games this season. Uh, Brandon Smith, by the time the trade deadline rolled around, was he had moved beyond being a healthy scratch by that time. You also got guys like Tarmo Reunanen, looking to make his debut. Zach Jones as well. A lot of young defense on this team. Ke'Andre Miller already state this claim uh, to a spot in the lineup night in and night out. And Johnson by then would have been pretty expendable for the Rangers. I think the return would have been very modest, maybe like a mid to late round draft pick, but something that would have been worth doing if you're the Rangers. Once again, had Jack Johnson stayed healthy up to the trade deadline. As it stands right now, as far as Johnson potentially being back with the Rangers on a new contract, I don't see it. You know, you've got someone who... I don't want to be too mean here, but he's just not really that good of a player anymore, and he is 34 years old. The Rangers seem ready to let some of these young, aforementioned defensemen kind of spread their wings in the NHL. And on top of all that, we just got done talking about Brandon Smith. So if you're going to bring back one or the other, I do think Brandon Smith is clearly the better option. He played better than Jack Johnson did this year. Smith might end up costing a little bit more than Jack Johnson, but I really don't think it's a situation where either player is going to end up breaking the bank. So if this is it for Jack Johnson, if this is the end of the road, as far as his time with the New York Rangers, all the best to him. Uh, you know, I do think that the effort was there on pretty much every game that he played. It's just a case where it's very simple. He's just not as good of a player as he used to be. And something else that kind of occurred to me, uh, you know, talking about Jack Johnson here, it's at least possible he ends up back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, I don't really know offhand what their defenseman situation looks like. You know, do they have certain guys who are impending free agents? Are there guys who just aren't that good? Is there room for Jack Johnson there? That's basically the long and short of it. You think about Jack Johnson's career, and that's where he had some of his best seasons. He went from the Los Angeles Kings to the Columbus Blue Jackets to the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Rangers in his career. And another reason why a Columbus reunion could make some sense for Jack Johnson is that John Davidson, who we also just got done talking about, is obviously back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And he seems to like Johnson, seems to be kind of fond of him. So maybe he ends up back with the Columbus Blue Jackets. We shall see. But uh, all the best to Jack Johnson moving forward. I mean, look, it's even possible he's back with the Rangers. Maybe they surprise us. Maybe they bring him back on another uh, fairly cheap, team-friendly one-year deal. But if I had to bet on it, I would say, yeah, Jack Johnson probably going to be moving on uh, to a different team next season.
Two other things that I just wanted to mention real quick here at the end of today's episode. First of all, uh, all the best to John Tavares. He was involved in just a nasty collision last night. It's just one of those fluky, freaky things that can happen during a hockey game or really any sport. Basically what happened, Tavares was skating the puck out of his own zone. And of course, the Leafs are playing the Canadians right now. He takes a big hit from Ben Chirot. And that was fine. I mean, that didn't seem to do anything bad to him, but it sent him to the ice. And it's one of those hits where the player kind of spins a little bit. And as he's spinning, uh, Corey Perry is, is skating by. And Corey Perry's knee just absolutely clocked Tavares in the head. And I know, you know, Corey Perry, if he's not on your team, you tend not to be the biggest fan of him. He was not at fault at all here. It was a complete accident. He even looked like he did everything he could to try to avoid contact. But uh, there was nothing he could do. His knee just absolutely just could not have hit Tavares's head any harder, and it was obviously a scary situation on the ice. You know, the, the trainers were out there, and Tavares tried to sit up, and then he kind of fell back down. He was stretchered off. The good news is that he gave the thumbs up uh, while he was being stretchered off the ice. He's out indefinitely after this. He was uh, kept at the hospital overnight for observation, but discharged earlier this morning. So uh, obviously nice to see that, uh, you know, Tavares is doing a little bit better. So all the best to Tavares going forward. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention real quick here, I saw an article, and I apologize because I forget where it was from. It might have been blueshirtsbanter.com. But this the author opined basically that Ranger fans should root for the Capitals in the playoffs simply because technically if the Capitals win the Stanley Cup, Henrik Lundqvist still is a Stanley Cup champion. And I get it. I mean, oh God, it, that's that's so hard. It's so hard to root for the Capitals right now, uh, as much as I would like to see Henrik Lundqvist win the Stanley Cup. It might mean a little bit more to me if Lundqvist had at least gotten back to play a handful of games with the Capitals this year. I, I suppose, I mean, a, a Stanley Cup champion is a Stanley Cup champion. It still counts, but yeah, that's a tough situation to be in. The Capitals, of course, right now, they won game one against the Bruins. They've lost games two and three, and honestly, knowing the Capitals and their track history in the playoffs, and I know they won the Stanley Cup the one year, would anyone be surprised if the Capitals don't win another game in the playoffs this year? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all, given their track record of, you know, being a great regular season team, but not getting it done in the playoffs with the exception of the one year uh, that they won the Stanley Cup. But it's food for thought. It's something to think about. I mean, maybe we could at least root for them now because they're playing the Bruins. I don't think we have too many Bruins fans rooting for this, but geez, man, seeing the Capitals win the Stanley Cup this year, I don't know about that. But then again, it makes Henrik Lundqvist a Stanley Cup champion. So definitely something that I'm going to think about over the next few days. Maybe you guys will too. But uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we'll be back here on Monday with a brand new episode. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, are Suns fans disappointed that they have to face the Lakers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.